welcome back to Ghostbusters Minute. Ghostbusters Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1984 film Ghostbusters Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm ready. And today we are here to bring you Minute number 55. Happy Monday. Welcome to a new week, everybody. Welcome to a new week, Brady. Oh, man. I, I wish I had the same enthusiasm as you. Oh, well. The, the AC unit here in our studio is out. Is the AC <laughs> yeah. guy is, uh, is hard at work on it. We have our super over here uh, banging on it with uh, hammers and wrenches, and I try to tell him that's not how you fix an air conditioning unit. He actually to get under it and drain pans and whatnot, but he cons- he insists that hitting an air conditioning unit with a hammer is going to fix it. I look, 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 I apologized. Okay? Okay. Come all right. <laughs> anyway, and all that bleach that I poured into the uh, to the pan or whatever, apparently you're not supposed to do that. You, you were wearing a mask, right? No. Okay, so this is going to be an interesting yes. episode of Ghostbusters Minute yeah. here. It's going to drop dead right in the middle of it. All right, let's do this. All right, minute number 55. So in the previous minute, we saw Louis Tully's the end of his Tully cycle, if you will. If you're a fan of Wagner, this was like the, the Tully cycle, <laughs> the lament of Tully. But in the previous minute, we saw Louis Tully's attempted escape from Vince Clortho before being devoured or possessed in front of the tavern on the green restaurant. At minute number 55, we see Louis Tully succumb to Vince Clortho, the patrons in front of the patrons of Tavern on the Green. They go back to enjoying their dinners after he slowly slides down a window. At 55.05, we cut back to the front entrance of 550 Central Park West. That's a lot of fives and a lot of fifties, I think. Uh, Where Peter Venkman is stepping out of a checkered cab, Peter has a bouquet of roses in hand. A police officer is taking a statement from the doorman and the couple that was knocked over by Vince Clortho. On the left-hand side of the screen, we see another police officer taking a statement from another couple who are at Louis Tully's party while a pink-haired punk rocker looks on. At 55.14, Venkman asks the police officer, what happened. The police officer tells Venkman that some moron brought a cougar to a party and that it went berserk. Hey, I don't know. I've been to a couple of parties where cougars go berserk and it's generally a fun time, but I don't know about this situation. At 55.23, Peter tells the doorman that he is going up to Dana Barrett's. At 55.25, Venkman walks off the elevator and walks down a hallway that leads to Dana and Lewis's apartments. The remnants of Lewis's apartment door lay across the hallway floor. At 55.33, Venkman looks into Tully's apartment and sees the police officers taking statements from party guests. One officer asks how to spell Tully. At 55.38, Venkman knocks on Dana Barrett's apartment door. At 55.44, Dana Barrett opens the door dressed in a seductive red-slash-orange dress. Her makeup is done up as if she is going out to a nightclub, and her hair is curled and teased out. At 55.48, as Dana holds on to the door and door frame and gives Venkman a lusty glance, Venkman remarks, That's a different look for you, isn't it? At 55.51, in a whispery voice, Dana asks Venkman, Are you the key master? At 55.55, Venkman responds, Not that I know of. At 55.56, Dana changes the look on her face from one of heightened sexuality to one of deflated interest. At 55.58, Dana shuts the door in Peter's face. And thus ends minute number 55 of Ghostbusters. So uh, in this minute, uh, I think that that whole exchange between Peter and Dana, and this spills over into minute number 56, it's really funny because it's all like one shot, you know? Yeah. When he goes up and knocks on apartment uh, 2206, he kind of gives it a little knock, and then he stands back. The door opens, and Sigourney Weaver is full on just kind of like... I know, it's one of the funniest parts in the movie, I think, when she closes the door, and it's shut, and you just see him from behind just standing there. Yeah, he's That's just hilarious. standing there. He yeah. like, peers down. I mean, it happens in the next minute. We'll, we'll go ahead and spoil it here. I... But he looks through the little eye hole, right, to see if he can yeah. see her. But just the, the deflated look in her face, like when she opens the door, and she's like... 
you know, are you the key master? And not that I know of, she's just like, you know, uh, yeah. slams and the door shut. The breeze that's coming out of nowhere and the light and even the sound, uh, like the music is uh, yeah. so, I it, don't know. It melodic. just stops. But that's a look that I'm very familiar with. The one of, you're not taking this seriously, go away, door slam in your face type thing. But uh, speaking of doors, so he's downstairs talking to the doorman. The doorman's like, hey, so you brought a cougar into the party. There is, on the left side of the screen, there is a couple that is in one shot from Lewis Tully's party earlier that I noticed. It's like a guy with like a red turtleneck and a black jacket on. And I'm kind of wondering if they inserted him earlier into the party just so that he could show up again yeah. in this scene. But I, 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 when, I, when we went back and rewatched this, you know, this movie and we're analyzing the minute, I noticed that guy and I'm like, I don't recognize this guy from any of the other shots. And I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is like in the background or something. But anyway, it was really cool how they brought these guys back, these uh, these uh, extras in that party scene just to yeah, be that taking is cool. statements. And then there's a scene where like this just punk rock girl, she just kind of shows up in the background. I think everybody knows who I'm talking about yeah, because she stands out with the, yeah, with, like it was a hot pink hair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's, well, that's the funny thing. I wanted to figure out who this was. As probably a lot of people have done, and I found their paper trail on the internet. If you just Google, you know, pink-haired punk rocker Ghostbusters, there's a lot of people on message boards saying like, "Who was that mysterious stranger?" And you know, it's like the um, <laughs> the uh, missed connections ads on Craigslist yeah. after Comic Con. If you ever go back through those, they're really funny. But uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, nobody seems to know who this young actress was. But uh, she's she's just kind of standing there. But you know, it, it adds to the lived-in effect. That's the kind of person you saw walking around in New, New York, York in the, the mid '80s. Yeah, that was these like I guess punk rocker would be the the term or whatever safety but, pin um, through the cheek yeah, yeah but then they didn't always listen to like well it's really weird because like the music that we call punk these days is not necessarily what would yeah. be punk back then you know it's like it would might be closer to something like till tuesday back in the day in fact i think she had like purple hair that was like teased out it but, was probably something more along those lines yeah yeah but um so you, you used to see that in a bunch of movies and you know uh later on in the movie when the ghostbusters show up um back at the apartment building to take on gozer they do a really good job of showing all these different groups of people, all these different demographics. And you got the punks, you've got the, uh, just like the Hasidic Jews there. There's um, right. kind of average Joes, everything, which is which is cool. But in it the represents 80s, the melting pot of New York. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And there you go, one more little, uh, you know, wink to the city. But um, they do a really cool job of that. And back in the '80s, you used to see that in movies all the time. And there would always be in every movie where they're in a police station, there's always somebody bringing some dude like a red mohawk through, and the guy's like, "Come yeah. on, man, let yeah. go, copper." <laughs> And I don't know, this just kind of brought that to mind. <laughs> Safety pin through his cheek, yeah. yeah. And he's probably listening to something like easy, what we would consider easy going today, like Jane Child or something like that, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so yeah, a, a, a cool little extra, nobody knows anything about her. So hopefully she's listening and, give, and you know, shoot oh, us well, an email. So, yeah. All right, so it's interesting that you see the guest from Lewis's party outside of the building. They keep that consistency. But one of yeah. the things that is so inconsistent in this movie is the length of Peter Venkman's hair. It goes from short to long. It's like probably at its longest right here. Uh-huh. It's almost a mullet. And uh, it's, uh, you know, it normally takes what, like a few months to shoot a movie? Yeah, basically. yeah, about three months, something yeah, like that. Yeah, dude, it takes my hair the uh, like several, several months to go from like as short as it is in this movie at some points to as long as it is here. And uh, I just, I don't know, I think it's funny because in just a few, you know, minutes we're going to see them on top of uh, the building fighting goes and his hair is like short and then it'll be long and then it'll be yeah. short. I don't, I don't know. That's like in uh, Wizard of Oz, uh, Dorothy's hair is going from like drastic, like it's like all the way down the middle of her back. And then it's like, I guess sometimes it's like curled up or like, uh, you know, like uh, in a bun or something like that. But its length is like (laughs) drastic changes. Yeah. Yeah, But yeah. So anyway, um, so the policeman uh, there at the door is played by a guy named Rick Mancini. And he was also in General Hospital. He was in uh, Ed Wood. Which is one of my favorite films of all time. I was about to reference Ed Wood. Go ahead. And he was in uh, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. 
So one of the thing, keeping with like consistency in this movie, and they did a great job of making sure that it um, uh, things appeared in one scene, showed up again in another scene. Uh, when Lewis is about to get on the elevator, and Vince Clortho busts through the door and bashes his head against the other apartment door, like Lewis's door explodes all over the hallway, right? Yeah. And there's this large rectangular piece of wood that like, blows up against Lewis as he's standing there, and he kind of winces, and it kind of hits him in the shoulder. And when Peter gets off the elevator, that's the piece of wood that's there on the floor. It's like this oh, long, wow. like board, like rectangular-looking thing. It's probably just like plywood or something like that. Yeah. But it, um, it is right where Lewis was standing when it hit him, facing up. And then that's Peter so cool. walks past the door. And then he kind of turns and looks at the door across the hallway, and it's still bashed in where Vin's hop, you know, bounced through and smashed his head against yeah. it. Now that's not a, a little thing that that could have been overlooked in the movie, but it was definitely, you know, there was appreciation paid to make sure that that board was right there, that the door was bashed in. A lesser movie wouldn't have concerned themselves about those things. And as we're going through this movie and analyzing it minute by minute, I'm noticing stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting little. Uh, yeah, consistencies that, that they kept in. You know, granted, it's not the kind of thing you see when you're watching this movie over and over and over again your entire life. Yeah, it just, it's, it's it. subliminal. You don't think about it. But yeah. when, you, when you do dissect it minute by minute, you do start to notice those things. Right. But yeah, the, uh, it's interesting because where Vince busts the door across the hall is like still, you know, dented in. So I don't know. It's a cool touch. So um, the doorman, he just walks up and says, yeah, I'm going up to Dana Barrett's. Like... Yeah, that seems like so open, like a, a big security flaw these days. I don't know if you can do that. If you go up to a doorman anymore and you say, "Yeah, I'm going up to this person," did they have to like buzz you in or call that person and be like, "Are you expecting someone?" Or does that person have to call down? But it seems like in the mid '80s, it's just really lacks security. Oh, things were different. Things were different. It was a different time. All right, so that just about does it for minute number 55 of Ghostbusters Minute. We'd like to thank everybody for joining us uh, here at the beginning of a new week. We have a lot of cool stuff coming up uh, in this, this this week's episodes. And again, we do have a very special guest coming up uh, next week on the show, which, hey, you got to stick around until Thursday. We're going to tell you that on Thursday, if I can remember to do that. I might just spoil it tomorrow. So, All right, well, I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. And we're here to remind you that death is but a door, time a window. We'll be back. Ghostbusters Minute is a fan-supported podcast. To become a patron of Ghostbusters Minute and gain access to exclusive weekly bonus content, visit us at patreon.com slash gbminute. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at ghostbustersminute at gmail.com and visit us online at ghostbustersminute.com, facebook.com slash ghostbustersminute, twitter.com slash gbminute, and look us up on Instagram at ghostbustersminute. Our theme song is Ectoplasm by Audionautics, which is licensed under the Creative Commons Attributions License.